Less Than 10, an EVE Online PvP podcast. My name is Bloodruin, and with me, as always, is Feyrol, the one and only. Hey, what's up, guys? It is a big one tonight. I know, like, I, we say that every episode, pretty much. We always say, like, how good our next episode's going to be. Um, I'm not going to say how great it's going to be. I'm going to say how it's a kind of a milestone for us, because uh, this is our 20th episode, which is pretty crazy. When Blood and I started, um, I don't know. I didn't really know how far it was going to go. And to think that we're 2019 deep and tonight we're doing our 20th, uh, it's kind of cool. Yeah, it's like we've been doing one every two weeks. So that puts us at 10 months, which is kind of nuts. <laughs> and like going back to like not really knowing how far it was going to go, it wasn't because we didn't necessarily have aspirations of it being a good show or podcast you know or discussion is just because we kind of started it out of frustration right and like talking about the things in the small gang community and and also as a resource so it was just kind of like hmm we don't have like a super thought out long-term vision for it and uh, it's been super fun i just like some of the people we've got to hang out and talk with has just been awesome. I mean, last episode alone, talking with all the guys about Alliance Tournament, it was just so much fun and really cool. And, um, you know, to to us as players, that's really cool, too. Like, more than about, like, hosting a show. Like, we we, we tell kind of everyone who comes on, we're like, hey, this, sh- this show, like, this episode is as much yours as it is ours. Like, you know, we, we get them involved in the process of, helping us plan it out too and it's really nice and um yeah like we've just we've had some really cool conversations with people that i really have enjoyed yeah and i'm I'm really happy because most episodes uh like the the end product is what i envision how i want it to be right so when people like message us and the other day someone asked me like wow like that alliance tournament episode the conversation flowed really well did you edit that a lot and i didn't and that, to me, that's like a huge compliment because uh, we we really try to make it flow. And and one of our like you know production goals is to have a podcast that kind of feels just like some dude sitting in a bar or sitting on a couch chatting about spaceships, right? We don't want to like don't want to make it a big thing. Like it, it's just chatting about spaceships. And uh, yeah, I'm re- I was really happy when I saw that because whoever I can't remember who said it. But thank you. Yeah, and like to me that's also really fun because I think especially anytime we have a guest on, right? Like there's someone that I really like all three of the guys that were on have way more knowledge and experience about Alliance tournament than I do. And like I think I was messaging with Elise after and he said like, Yeah, hey man, like thanks for you know, talking or whatever. I, I feel like I talked way too much. And in my brain I just felt like, Well, that's perfect because like the reason you're there is because you're an expert. Like, if if anything, I want to melt into the background so that people can listen to what you have to say. Like, 
that that to me is super cool. I still think back to like hanging out and talking with Von Hole um, or chatting that with CCP Rise. Right, like, and those, that's so cool to me as, like, a player. I'm nerding out that I got to hang out and talk with those people. <laughs> Remember during that episode, I was on a work trip, and I was, like, on some shitty, like, headphones talking into my phone mic when we were chatting with Bonhole. And I had no clue how it was going to go because I'd never talked to him before. And I knew there was a language barrier uh, because he's a Russian player, so I didn't know how, how good his English was going to be. And, uh, yeah, man, that was just so cool. I forgot about all that other shit once he started talking, and yeah, and the CCP Rise episode obviously was amazing. It was like, uh, it was super, super fun. And and when I when he agreed to do that retro intro, like the BSB intro for us, I was just, ugh, like fanboy Max. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, um, I don't know. I was talking with someone recently, and they were like, they they said this phrase of like you know, never meet your heroes because you'll always be disappointed. I'm like, nah, dude, like, uh, I just, I enjoy hanging out with CCP Rise. Like, he was a bro. Um, I, I don't know, like, even even times where I've hung out with Jocastus and Yan, like, they're my buddies. So hanging out and recording that and then presenting it to our, our audience, our community as, you know, an episode is really fun to me because it's that's a different side of things instead of it being kind of this discussion so that knowledge can be passed on and instead it's more of hey i want to kind of show you guys what you know me and pharaoh and yan those are just the conversations that we have like when we're hanging out in corp chat and when we're on comms you know like that's essentially you get to look into that window of of what we kind of just talk about when we're just hanging out and that's cool too like a different aspect but it's um it's really fun to look back now and say yeah like 10 months 20 episodes like and and yeah in the scheme of like overall podcasts you know that's nothing there's people who do years of podcasts and stuff but we're just a little eve podcast and it's fun so we appreciate like all the feedback and support that we've got and um yeah i i think there's like some crazy interesting stuff coming up right now last podcast we talked about like at least i was kind of frustrated around filaments not being back and they they're, and, they're back so we'll and talk i was about that. i was optimistic <laughs> as i always am and for good reason yeah but for, yep. real, but for real we're 20 deep and i also want to give a shout out just to like Satonia, who's been on the episode yeah. uh, the, the podcast more than anyone else so thank you always uh entertaining and and uh, educational listening to him speak and uh i want to give a shout out to alexi of card and artemis as well albosa um two other podcasters and when i first started this before i even talked to blood i talked to those guys about just running a podcast in general and equipment and recording and stuff like that and uh the info that they kind of gave me is what led me to talk to blood and and see if he wanted to co-host with me and get this going so yeah thanks thanks to all you guys yeah, it's been super fun and just yeah, it's been good. Yeah, I mean, Discord. We're almost at five hundred people on Discord. It's insane. Crazy. I, I don't think we've we haven't had to ban anyone yet, right? <laughs> no, I've never banned anyone. Uh, we're we're very mod light. Like it's uh, yeah. You know, it's like a pretty it's a pretty fiery place sometimes, but that's small gang, right? I think that right. I think it's important to like not do that. If people are just downright, you know 
huge assholes are all the time and don't contribute, you know, I'll, maybe I'll tell them. I haven't had to yet. Maybe I'll tell them if, if like eventually. Just some people hear this and like try to push it. <laughs> yeah, like right. My, one of my favorites is like seeing wild things and AP flame each other, but then like I oh, yeah. know that they're flying together. <laughs> like <laughs> so, it's like it's like partially like jest and and sarcasm but like you know it's just funny to see some of those commentary pieces that are going in but uh i actually i've been watching the storytelling channel a lot um recently and that's been really cool um and like around the at stuff like um i know uh one of the guys messaged and, and pinged me and so i looked at it on my phone and stuff and he was just talking about like his experience with at and i i thought that was super cool um and yeah so um shout outs to zalorb um you know who you are but uh yeah it's just that kind of stuff is really fun i like that interaction in discord that's going on i'm like total lurker status but uh i see a lot of that stuff so i'm the active host and you're like (laughs) i'm like all they're on there all the time but anyway that's episode 20 reflecting back let's get into some current events because there uh, there's lots of little things that were announced recently um and i want to talk about them uh because this is the big because is because blood just told me that he's gonna start being a lot more active and he's gonna play a lot more because he's been like very minimally active like i see him every so often he comes on and and roams um you know so yeah. he's he's told me before you told me before blood that in the last yeah. couple months that you're going to be playing more but you said filaments are back i'm in like i'm yeah. i'm in full tilt yeah. i i mean i i just i logged in my tune in venal and i started i'm scanning right now so i'm getting logistics but like i mean i think filaments are a big like part of uh it, it just creates so much more um dynamic for especially for a small gang like we're talking five dudes, ten dudes, you know. Um, two dudes. Yeah, two dudes. Like even even I I have a few fits that I have purpose built as these kind of nomadic like small like stratios. That I I have a specific stratios fit that I built, and the whole point is that I'm going to filament out, and I don't know where I'm going to go, so I need to kind of be prepared for a lot of different things. It's got to have some longevity, so it has a cap booster and a cap battery. Like, it's very flexible. And, like, I'm just, I'm ready to kind of go do some of that stuff, too. And um, it has, like, exploration refits. So if I'm in an area that's pretty dead, cool. I spend the next 15 minutes or whatever cooldown period. Or, or. And I just, you know, do that. So. If you run out of filaments, you could just scan down a data site. Right? So, like, <laughs> there's, anyway, I, yeah, I'm pumped. Um. So that's super fun and on the horizon. I think that's a big motivation for me and and probably a lot of our corp members too. Um, And yeah, I'm super pumped that they're back. I don't know. Do we want to pop into filament straight away or let's just go right away? So yeah, they're called they're called different things than the Rudolph the Christmas filaments, right? They're called Needlejack filaments. Correct. And they as of today. Yep. And we're recording this on the 27th, and this is today is when they hit. So like. I was, I'm talking with people and I have a G to tune on and they're really expensive right now. I would expect that price to come down as, as they become more and more available. Um, but so they, they come in three 
quote unquote sizes. So there's a five person, a 15 and a 25. And the cool thing about how they're doing it this time instead of with the Rudolph is they're actually changing how they're distributed based on their size component. So um, the the five person, um, all of the needle jacks, uh, they they actually have the quantity of people in the name. So it's like needle jack signal five or needle jack noise five. So all of them come in two different varieties. There's a noise variation and a signal variation, and it's the same going back to those those um, the Rudolph ones. One is an active area, and the other transport you to somewhere random. Um, and so in in the patch notes, it describes, and we'll link it, but noise signifies totally random, and signal uh, signifies an active area of space. Yeah, um, I, I'm going to be using those active ones all the time. Oh, for sure. Like, when we're small yeah. gang roaming, totally going to be doing that. Yeah. And it's they set it up into there's three types of so five, fifteen, and twenty five in your fleet, but they the way they're made or the source is kind of unique. So the fives just drop in normal exploration data, so they're plentiful, right? The fifteens you get a blueprint from or LP store, and you need a five filament to create the. 15 plus some wormhole gas, I believe. Is that correct? Yeah. And then the 25s, they, in the patch notes, they just said upcoming events, right? So I don't think we'll see 25s quite in game yet, or maybe they're hidden somewhere, but either way, we'll probably learn more about those in the near future. Yeah. Um, so I think the, uh, the 25s are going to be coming up soon. And my, my one like thought around that, though, is that you might see a large supply build up and then like the when whatever event ends you may see those get used up and that supply dwindle and so i don't know the 25s are like the area that i think there's going to be the most potential for question marks does if that makes sense because they're not just a consistent repeatable thing um, but we'll see, like, we'll see how hard they get farmed and, and how much they're actually being used and stuff like that. So that'll be interesting. I do kind of like that those, they come from different areas. So for instance, like you were mentioning, if I'm out doing my solo thing and I run out of filaments, I just need to reset to a, a, a you know, an exploration type setup, find some data sites and more likely than not, I'll get another filament, right? So um, I think that's a really cool aspect. Yeah, that is cool. And I don't know, like, like you know, Blood was a little frustrated last episode because they weren't in yet. It seemed like a pretty easy thing to add, and that's that's fair. But, uh, you know, I'm pretty happy with the time frame it took them to get, to get them in, since they, like, literally popped up as soon as we were done with that episode. They right, started and showing up. I felt like I was getting to the point where I was kind of like, hey, why are these not here? Um... I don't. I don't think that time frame was like terrible. Uh, we're talking two months, right? Since since end of December is kind of when they expired. Uh, so two months. Oh, that's a decent turnaround. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I think another month I would have actually been like, all right, now I really like pitchforks. 
but uh <laughs> start start rallying the mob um but yeah like it was just kind of great that we mention it uh, you know i bring it up and i'm like er i want these now uh, and i mean i also know people who two days after they expired were like i want them back right now you know so it's it's kind of uh take some lose some i don't know how how to phrase that but uh but yeah i'm happy they're back i'm excited like I said, right now it's day one, um, but we're going to do this. Also, I think the Needlejack thing is really interesting. I don't know why they chose that name, but it reminds me of the term needle casting from Altered Carbon, which I really like the show. I think it was also a book or a graphic novel, but I never read those. I just only know it from the show on Netflix, but uh, it kind of has a similar sound. And in that show, needle casting was how they would transport across different areas of the galaxy. So I'm really curious if a dev is listening to this and if if it has anything to do with that, you know, just uh, hit me up, slide into my DMs because that'd be I'd, I'd like to know. Nice. All right. Well, let's move on to the next thing, which which is relevant. Small game, and that is hog guns got removed from Titan. So this is a thing that, you know, has been talked about for a while, a while back. And this is another example of CCP iterating on, like, we're really critical of CCP saying they never iterate on change. They always just make a huge change and they leave it. And I think they're getting a lot better at that because the first change they made to Haas on Titans was they decreased the damage substantially. I think it was a 50% decrease. Yeah. Um, and at the same time, they changed the way Siege attributes work on dreads so that they weren't affected but anyway they've completely removed haws from titans now no more haw titans and then they undid those changes that they made to siege for the for the dreads so haw dreads are just like they were before it's not a nerf or a buff it's it is what it is it's just the way the damage is calculated is different but the end result is the same so I don't know. What do you think about that blood? No more hot titans. So I mean, I think Suetonia had a really good article that he posted a long while back. I believe it was Suetonia about haw weapons on titans. And there's a lot of things that made it so that when it they're on titans, it made them very very powerful. And it had a lot to do with the actual model size of the titan and how tracking is based off the center point of that model. And so when they were in the calculations for a Titan, even if your ship is orbiting at zero, you're actually orbiting like 30 or 40 kilometers away because the, the model was so big. And so it's just this really interesting, very, you know, mechanically sound and kind of technical analysis of why HA weapons, high angle weapons on Titans were so kind of oppressive in that area um and so like that's kind of what it goes back to 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 me is this addresses those issues while still keeping them viable and powerful for dreadnoughts um i i actually think so the they're saying like every the damage output is the same on dreadnoughts and i think that's accurate but i think this is a shadow buff to dreads in non-siege mode if if my understanding and I might just be off on the math on that one, I, th I think you're backwards. I think the oh, really? previous change was a buff to non siege dread. I okay, believe. okay. Maybe. 
So, but but I think it's but, pretty relevant anyway because yeah. Oh, it's still it still like gives a purpose for those weapons, and it it makes dreads useful in areas that titans won't be useful anymore. Before any time that you would use a dread, you could also use a titan and be more effective, but also just be like overkill right and and it's funny because like a lot of people say like yeah but it's so much more risk and yeah when you have a super umbrella and and force auxiliary is not so much but so it, it gives more purpose to dreads and especially in small areas right and so what i kind of attribute or what i kind of want to like bring up is imagine right we're a small gang podcast so imagine five dreadnoughts and their usefulness compared to one titan with high high angle weapons and now that titan doesn't even have that as an opportunity those five dreads with high angle weapons have a niche role that they can fulfill even within the context of a larger group where you're dropping two dreads or sorry like two titans plus some high angle weapon dreads in order to support them or something along those lines i don't know like we we don't aren't as involved in that kind of gameplay right like if if our group is involved in dropping dreads it's like gank dreads to you know i don't know screw over fraternity or something but um it's i i think this opens up more doors because you have more specific roles across different size categories and i think that's good i think that overall creates a better ecosystem yeah i i think it it really also focuses like the escalation path when it comes to capital fight too, right? Yeah, because that makes sense. now, yeah. And the thing about Haas is you're in siege, so you're killable by sub, even yep. if there's an out, out, an overwhelming force, right? Yeah, and because you can't receive support reps. With, with some support in the in a way of like long range webs, some paints like Haas are very very effective against subs. And okay. That's fine because with the right strategy, you can go in and you can secure kills with subs against Hadreds. But you really couldn't do that with Titans. And now it also makes this escalation path where if you have a sub brawl and caps get dropped on them, then, you know, like Hadreds, now those Hadreds could get counter dropped, right? And there's like more of an escalation path. But also, yeah. it's kind of like speaks to the broader term of cap- capitals and how I think they should be set up with. With like super caps and titans, basically like don't have much of an effect on subs at all. Like I don't think supers should track subs. I don't think titans should track subs, and now they really can't unless you like pull some really crazy stuff with long range and like special bindi webs and that kind of bullshit. But either way, um, let the carriers be okay at killing subs, especially battleships. Nothing really smaller. Paw dreads, cap dreads, that's fine. Um, I just like it. I'm a big fan of it. There's been capital nerf after capital nerf after capital nerf the last year. And uh, it, it's, it was really needed. I think where we are now compared to a year ago when it comes to capital balance relative to small game, it's like you can't even, like, I can't even fathom the difference. It's, it's so large. And the impressive thing is they did this like with consistent small changes, consistent, you know, NSA fighter tracking, the haw, haw removal, you know, the yeah, the, the boson nerf, the like, boson nerf, 
the siren and pieces change, at a time right? like mm-hmm. all these things so i don't know bravo i'm i'm pretty impressed with the way they've accomplished it so far yeah uh, i was gonna say i mean like we're yeah. obviously super biased here because as a small gang one of the hardest things to face is a capital it's just you know it has been but um but yeah i i mean i even think back to like i think two or three years ago when you had heavy interdictors that could scram to 39 kilometers at the same time that capitals were you know you could get three shot by a carrier in you know in in pretty much any size ship and it's kind of like it's funny like you bring that up that comparison of like i remember at that time the only ships we were flying were 100 mn ships because they were the only thing that we thought even had a remote chance of surviving because hicks were so prevalent Uh, a heavy interdictor would do that 39k scram and would light sinos right so like sinos is another thing that kind of has come into play a lot around that topic of capitals and um but yeah like so it's been these small incremental changes that i think you know like i said we're obviously super biased because we want more smogging atmosphere but it's made a lot of difference to us um I don't know. That's actually a topic where I would actually like to talk to. Um, how do I phrase this? A respected Nullsec FC about. <laughs> I don't know. Did I, did I say that politically right? Like, like someone like Billy or Killaby. I think it would be really interesting because they have like crazy in-depth insight into some of these things on a larger scale that. I'm curious how disruptive it's been. Doesn't uh, there's that FC podcast? Panda does it right from Initiative. Yeah, I've seen it. I I haven't actually like listened too much, and so I actually should probably go listen to those and like to that content. And it's something I'm not super knowledgeable about, so I guarantee I'd learn something from it. Yeah, it's actually pretty good, man. I've listened to some. Okay. Um, cool. Yeah, I, I don't know if any of those dudes listen to our podcast, but. I've said it lots before. I'm a huge podcast junkie. So right. I, I just, I like content. Pandas. That's... Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's Pando's FC chat. You guys can check it out. It's, uh, I think he, he streams it on Twitch and then uh, Talking Stations like re-releases it as a podcast. So okay. yeah, check it out. And yeah, having one of those guys on in the future would be interesting, right? Like we'd probably get a lot of flame of like, you know, if, if it was live, we'd get a lot of comments <laughs> in the well, chat. It's, I, it would have to live, be so. on, on the right topic, right? Because we have to have this like, uh, right, our focus is small gang and communicating content that is beneficial or or enhances the small gang community. Right, so it'd have to be this kind of some some sort of topic where it it merges that middle ground between small gang and you know in plus one and and focuses the conversation on how do how do those things kind of correlate or or interact. Well, dude, I mean, so it'd be interesting. A Maybe couple months ago, Vili joined our Discord, and I, I was like, is that, like, Vili, the CSM test FC leader, Vili? And I messaged him, and it was. And, uh, <laughs> like, I'm sure he'd be down to come on. We could chat with him if you guys want to hear it. Uh, and we could get some questions and put together a good, constructive show on, yeah, yeah. on like... Because, you know what? Maybe there's changes that, like, we talk about and want, and, you know, 
look at it in a positive way and they're just gonna be like no that would absolutely like wreck a lot of our gameplay and whether or not that gameplay should be wrecked is subjective right but... and, well, and that's the thing around a lot of these changes right like and i even think about sino changes and things like that and i i see them as hugely beneficial for my gameplay and i kind of assume that they've been really detrimental to those other groups or at least has impacted or made things more difficult but if what ideally we would talk to someone like that and they would be like no no those changes have been really good and here's why right or something like that like that that would prove to me like ccp you're doing great you're on the right track and you've nailed it right because then it would you take these two totally different mindsets and and styles of play and the same change benefited both i don't know that'd be super interesting to to kind of you know what man i think i don't know if the sino changes I don't know if anyone says that they were. I think maybe some people might say like, "Hey, look, they should have a, another option, maybe one that's a little cheaper, or maybe one that's a little better for a new style." But I think for the most part, everyone would give the Sino changes two thumbs up. Yeah, I I love it. I think it's been massive um, in how we kind of interact with certain ships, and also you know our willingness to engage we're so much more interested in engaging because we know, Hey, there's only really like these four ships that we need to worry about. And if they decloak, we know how to act. Like we know how to prepare. So yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. That'd be super interesting onto another topic that I kind of think falls into that. Um, mainly in that, it's not currently affecting our gameplay and we're, you know, a little biased, but the wormhole connections were recently changed and updated. Um, talking stations had a bit of, uh, well, they had a show where they had CCP rise there and um, Laura Seco from hard knocks. And I cannot remember. There was a third guy who was from a smaller wormhole group, but I really thought that the conversation that Laura Seco had was really good um he had a ton of information that was really interesting so um shout out to to talking stations and mainly to Laura Seco there and um but it my understanding uh, a lot of those changes have have kind of created a lot more density in connections through wormhole space especially in like C5 C6 connections and so instead of having kind of these more elongated chains that end up going somewhere they actually end up looping and stuff and it's, it's kind of interesting um i've heard and reached out to a few people that say good and bad things the consensus i was kind of given was especially in that c4 c3 space it's really really good and fun but then in the higher chain stuff c5 c6 it's kind of frustrating um so I think we'll probably see more feedback and iteration on that. Um, it'll be interesting. Uh, I, I know a lot of the change was kind of prompted by creating more risk around the farming aspects. And at the same time, they also made changes to how the drifter um, boss, if you will, in those areas worked. So it made PVE more risk oriented and, um, uh, they also eliminated Astro well, House farming. There's also the change much. too, so that you can't really use carriers for rolling holes anymore because 
And I was talking to some guys about this, and like they're complaining that it got got uh, like changed. But to me, it it like I understand that this what seemed to me is like a bit of an exploit is how everyone rolled holes with carriers because okay, so you can jump through with a carrier cold, but if you light your prop mod, you're actually over the mass that you're allowed to go through at. So that like hard coded limit. But if you jump and then like so the server checks your mass on the way when you like when you click jump. Checks your mass, you're good. And as soon as it checks your mass, there's like a tick where you can mash your prop mod and then you've already been cleared to go. And then the next tick, it calculates your mass to remove it from the wormhole. So you can actually put more mass through than what the max mass per pass is. To me, yeah. that seems like an exploit. But I, and I know I, I'm sympathetic because I know everyone got used to that and set up to do that. But like, it just seems like a fix to me, not a, not a change. <laughs> I was gonna say we did that with Megathrons, or maybe it was Tempest no, no, or it's, something. It's, it's not. In, you don't do in that. Smaller stuff. You, do, you don't exceed the max mass per pack. Um, no, like I, I've done it in smaller wormholes with uh, like Dominics, is where it was with you. You could actually exceed the mass amount. Oh, not in like Nullsec static rolling. No, no, not okay. Nullsec static rolling. It was like, uh, I want to say it was when we were rolling like. C3, C2 connections or something like that. It was, I can't remember, but I remember it was a mass limit of like 300,000 and it was, I think it was a Dominic specific would be at like right around like 280 or something with your prop mod off and then, so you jump and you kick it and you would get like to like 350 or 330 or something like that. But it was, it was just, oh, like I don't know. Maybe my math is a little bit off there, but it was something you you ended up going over. Wormholers yeah. will shout me out. You know, you, you can back me yeah. up. We're like yeah. me saying that it's to fix and stop whining, and you like doing this math that's probably wrong. We're they're going to be yelling I mean, at us. We should just move on. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, there's changes. Uh, wormholes. Um. Hopefully they're good. Hopefully we'll hear from it. Hope if they're bad, you know, we'll, uh, something. Right. Um. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> we both lived in wormholes lots, but we're not real wormholers. Right. Like that's. I always said that about both Thera and C2 Knowles. It, it was. Yeah. Look, we're not wormholers. We just live in a wormhole. Like we are Nolsec roamers who live in a wormhole. And now with filaments, yeah. we're like we're out like yeah, <laughs> we're not even we don't even try anymore so one more thing we want to talk about and one little tiny thing after that uh, on this recent news so forget escape bays being added to battleship halls this is this is like super interesting and way out of left field yeah no one will weird. say they've ever heard of this being added or requested this like i want to know where this idea came from if, if I could ask one question right now, it'd probably be like, where did this idea come from? How'd you get, how'd you come up with this? But I think CCB is, must be doing like a lot of um, like brainstorming, just throwing things at the wall, see what sticks exercises in house, because like, I never heard people talk about filaments either before Rise dropped that big hint on our podcast about a love letter to small gang. And then they appeared and were amazing. Like, yeah. right. So these frigate escape bays, what they are is, you get an extra like cargo hold in your battleship hull. And the way it works is it has a size of one frigate hull. That's like its capacity is one. And you add a frigate to it, and that frigate counts as one. And now it's full. 
and you can carry around a, a fit frigate. And when you die, it just poops out this frigate with you in it. So there are some restrictions. The only, well, there's one restriction, and that's you can't use interceptors. And, uh, you know, I applaud CCP on their filament. When they introduced filaments, they did a really good job ensuring people couldn't really grief like high seckers. They put in some restrictions. And I was like, that's really good. They actually, I can't, I couldn't find a way to grief people with filament. So I think they did really well at that. This was one of those cases where they did really well because everyone, the first thing they said is like, oh yeah, and I can just roam in my snakes or high grade crystals. And as soon as I die, I'll just like insta warp out of bubbles with a like instaceptor, right? Because they're nullified. So by putting that ban on interceptors, you know, that isn't a thing. So all T1 frigates, assault frigates, EAFs, and logistic frigates can all be, be in these holds. And I don't know, they're kind of cool. Like, it could be a neat thing. You know? Yeah, it sounds interesting. But the thing that is coming has come into my brain a lot is I don't really, at least in our gameplay style, think of many situations where I go, hey, I'm in my battleship and it just died. I want to now use a frigate to help, right? Like, most of those situations where my battleship dies, I just, uh, my frigate is also going to die slash not be very helpful. But, like, it's it, it's kind of, I, I don't know. So, like, I've been brainstorming ideas, like, for instance, I'm in a McCarial, I'm roaming with a small gang, and we have, like, two Osprey navies and an interceptor for tackle, right? And my battleship gets pinned and died. Now, in theory, the, the Osprey navies also will probably die or whatever, but potentially they're having, getting into a carries or a sentinel could be really helpful. But I again, I go back to the idea of, well, while a sentinel or carries could then be really helpful, a battleship putting out tons of damage would have done way, way better, right? Like, so... I just in in the situation where my battleship ends up getting pinned and dying, I kind of assume that whatever ship I reship into would also die. Um, I thought of like things like uh, you're in like a small group or even a medium sized group, and every battleship when it dies, you like end up in a kitsune and you're just trying to like jam logi. Like <laughs> I'm just trying to think of like scenarios in which you end up in a frigate and it's beneficial to your group. Um, and that's where I run into the pro like the kind of hitch where I'm like, I'm not sure how nice this will be. Um, I think for like solo, it could be kind of cool. Cause you're in your battleship. You, you end up fighting like a little group and yeah, like their tackle ship gets on you early. And so you end up dying, but you had this massive brawl and you had fun and, chances are you eliminate those tackle ships so then you get kicked out into your retribution and you're just you're left fighting some cruisers and stuff well you could potentially still that you could move fast enough to escape those cruisers and then like continue that fight that could be kind of cool um but yeah it's like it's interesting i'm just not sure how effective it'll be and yeah, we'll it, see. 
Yeah, it's I mean, coming in late March, and they have it live on the test server. So that's the other yeah. thing is, I feel like I want to get on the test server and start playing with it and see what kind of stuff I can come up so with. So I think always, like, you mentioned, you know, oh, this isn't really the ship I want to have because I just lost the battleship. But, like, be- it's better than being in your pod when you're, you know, say you're yeeting. You yeah, know, you're, you can live to yeet another yeet. that's like let's say hypothetically you get out and i think if you escape from where you died like you managed to pull some range and get out um it's going to be dependent on a couple things like obviously the things like that are on the grid like uh you know what 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 was it that killed you all those things yeah but also also what happens mechanically when you uh get ejected from your battleship is there a session change time? Do you have the velocity that your battleship had? Uh, do you have the trajectory your battleship had? All those things. Or are you just sitting there at zero velocity, like in space, with, with, with no session change? I think the way to do it would be to, like, I hope that there's uh, like a shortened vulnerability period when you explode. Um, I hope. But we'll see. I, yeah. I also want to get on and test it, but I think I also, it's, it's cool, right? Because uh, yeah, I know I've given I, my stiletto alt to people. Like well, when that's like I, Yan dies, I give him my stiletto alt, so we have like a main box stiletto instead of a capsule or something like that. Like I see people do that quite a bit too. Totally, and I think one one of the other questions I had is like, can you eject the ship for someone else? Because like, so if I'm in my Macarial, and like I said, we have our fake scenario, we have two Osprey navies, and one of those Osprey navy pilots dies. If I can eject him with carries, but now we've got Stiletto, Osprey Navy, carries yeah. Macarial, that's still a solid gang. We have to be a little bit more yeah, yeah. careful of tackle, but that's still a really solid gang. So it's like maybe it's kind of a way you can build in one or two reships into your group that could be really helpful after you escape whatever situation somebody died in, reform, you know, redistribute ships. And then you could, yeah, like you said, yeet somewhere else. Uh, that could be really cool. But it also then I'm wondering about, like, is there potential if you can eject ships to kind of abuse or cause problems, you know, of people ejecting ships to their alts or, like, different things like that. Um, and just, like, hot swapping between Kitsunes and other ships, you know? I don't know. It could be getting yeah. weird. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. I'm. I like it. It's like a cool change. I know some people might be like pessimistic and say that they're wasting dev time on this, but it seems like it could be a really cool feature, depending how and how it's implemented. So I'm pretty well, happy. It, it, what it comes down to me is, I think it's very obvious to say this change is aimed towards making battleships more enjoyable to fly, or or to kind of encourage people to fly battleships more yeah right and we've seen that's been trending right and they've made two changes uh, along those lines so and a little bit with like the heavy missile stuff too because rapid heavies so i'm wondering you know if this misses the mark maybe they'll iterate into some other area related to battleships to make them so one more thing i'm gonna suggest i'm gonna suggest this and then we'll move on but i want you to tell me what you think briefly so I think what they should do with battleships is, and, and even just like as they scale up ships in size and ships get slower, is increase their sensors so that 
battleships aren't as susceptible to things like damps because they have like a, a longer lock range already and also just increase their scan res a little bit too like there's some of the time it takes to lock a frigate with how fast frigates are now the distance they cover is ridiculous and some of the battleships like especially hello blops like come on they have fucking terrible sensors like it makes them unflyable in anything but stupid ganks like I really want the Nano Panther to be a thing, right? So, <laughs> yeah. So, to to your point on that, I think battleships originally had a lock range. A lot of them had a lock range around seventy-five kilometers. I know they made, it all they, out to hundred. They did, but it so they kind of touched on it. Like, what's the yeah. problem with giving them like thirty percent more and increasing the scan res and making them harder to jam a little bit? Like, what's the problem with that? Yeah, I know. With sensor strength, you start running into questions. I'm going to say questions in quotation marks around combat scanning, but I think that's fine because it's a freaking battleship. Um, around lock range, you run into issues around like rail rokes, but they already shoot out to 500. They're, they're already a thing. So, like, a thing. yeah. Um, so, I mean, the, the, the argument to be made there is well, yes, but to get to that range currently, you have to like have zero tank and you could put at least a little bit tank on them or something i don't know but yeah like no dude i i could see that especially lock time i get that argument because for instance your biggest defensive thing when you're flying a battleship especially in nano but even in brawling your biggest defensive ability usually to deal with a tackle ship is a newt but you only way you can newt something is if you have a lock on it. And if you have an interceptor screaming at you at 6k a second, they can cover so much distance in the time it takes you to lock them that your newt is useless. Like, I've actually had conversations with people about, hey, what about smart bomb versus newt? And, like, the topic came up, well, yeah, but it's going to take so long to lock a frigate yeah. that it just doesn't even matter. I'd rather have the smart bomb. And it's like, huh, okay, like that's an interesting point. So yeah, I'm I'm with you on lock time related. Um, I think that could be buffed a bit. Yeah. Yeah. I, and just pet, blops need everything, all the sensors. Oh yeah. Need. Well, blops and marauders are both yeah. just in this weird spot where they're really not that useful. They're super expensive. You know, I they might benefit a little bit from this change, but honestly, like they're they're not. This is this change is focused on your standard T one and you know, yeah. not even faction, just T one and pirate battleships that you use in in combat. Um, sure. So yeah, Marauders and Blops they need a not a rework, but they need like something to make them valuable and worthwhile. Yeah, and there's also more to your side, just cap boosters. So I think T2 cap boosters looks like they might finally have a, a reason to be fit nice. um, over over the metaphor, which is right. kind of cool. So good to see them keeping on with that. Um, I don't know. Is there anything, any of the other changes, recent changes we should mention, Blood? Uh, those are the notable ones. Uh, it, yeah. kind of like, just over the last two weeks, kind of, it was like every three or four days, I feel like there was something new. Hey, we're doing this. Hey, this is coming. Hey, this is hitting next week. Like, <laughs> this is live now. So it's kind of it's kind of interesting and and funny and yeah, with our 
kind of how we've done the topics of different episodes, it was like, well, hey, we're overdue for kind of a current events discussion forum. So it worked. Um, oh, yeah, there's moon mining uh, mineral changes uh, or something like, I don't know. Man, I'm not a nullsecker. Like, I'm sh- I'm pretty sure Talking Stations did an episode on this, and there's probably much more in-depth conversation around it than uh, anything we have to add. So, yeah, I don't, I don't <laughs> Sorry, Sorry, anyone who really, really cares about moon mineral distribution. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, we just don't have the info for it. Nor the patient. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, I've been playing quite a bit of EVE lately. Uh, Like, I've been pretty busy, but I've been logging in, getting some content locally to Venal lately. Uh, A lot of it's been, uh, like, Horde and Goons, because PFTAC, like, I I think we mentioned it last episode. But anyway, there's a Goon SIG deployed to PFTAC, and there's lots of people around. Pretty fun to fight. Um, Some notables. Uh, I mean, so I was flying a hurricane with Neuro the other day, and he was fighting this dude solo earlier. I can't remember what in, but like a 1v1, and uh, the dude was going to lose, so he decloaked a Griffin alt and jammed <laughs> Neuro, uh, and then lo- Neuro lost. So we were like, that's pretty lame. So we found him again, and he was in a Brudix. And uh, so I was flying a cane, and Neuro was in uh, Osprey Navy. And there were some other people around, too, around the grid. And we kind of, like, lured this Brudix off and isolated him and killed him. And, uh, yeah, it was entertaining, because he brought in his uh, alt again to try and jam us off to escape. But I was flying uh, Artie Hurricane. It's a standard Hurricane, not a, not a faction one. And, uh, and 100 to 0 volleyed it, so that was super... <laughs> Super <laughs> like man, like hundred to zero volleys are one of the most satisfying things in the if you just transmit and, like let her rip. Oh my god, it's so it's so fun. Um so speaking of that, I built a Loki. I was we were talking, I was talking with Casper the other day the other episode, right? Uh where you know we we were talking about comparing it to the Maracha and how the Loki actually has some really good pluses compared to the Maracha. Like they're not it's not like the Maracha is like the BL end all. The Loki is very strong as well. And, and so I built a pretty blingy one. Um, I used Muniplasmids or Muniplasmid.net, whatever the website is, to kind of search through and find the mods that I needed to make it work and built it up. It's pretty dope. I flew it. I got some kills in it. Um, I volleyed 100 to 0, volleyed three things <laughs> in that ship. Jeez. Yeah, it's just so fun, man. Like you get the, uh, I got um, Donna. Uh, domination um sabot titanium sabot in it and uh it, it just like it tracks so well for Artie and the range and oh it's it's real good real good i, I dig it but I, i'm running a geno clone right so geno clones have been out for a long time do you have a geno clone blood i do i have a full geno clone i think i keep it in Amar. um i don't use it as much uh but like so, yeah they're they so I actually on one of my tunes I have a full Geno clone from back when they were crazy expensive. This was when three and fours were only available. Oh yeah, through I the remember special that. release or or what have you, or it was through going to Fan Fest. I don't know. So it was like it was like a ten bill clone at the time. Um, 
and I got it, and I was like, this is so epic, and it, it made a few specific things very, very possible, um, and this was back in the time of off-grid links and stuff, yeah. which, uh, yeah, anyway, and uh, and then they, they brought them into normal event or something, and uh, I, I like it. I, I much prefer that it's a kind of more standardized clone that you can use for um, this, like, happy medium area. And they it provides some really interesting and cool benefits. So so it's it's almost as fast as a mid grade snake clone. Really? The way I thought I it was it set up. I thought it was like sixty percent speed. No, it's it's snake, it's, snake it's almost a mid grade snake clone the way I have it set up because wow. I because okay. I got Genos and then I got like doors. I've got a uh, like a uh, all the all the speed six oh five or something. It, yeah. In in the slot five, you use a a snake, or you can use like a nomad implant as well for more. What agility. do you use in your six slot? That's the one I'm curious about. In my six slot, I use a um, what's the speed? There's a navigation the, one in slot six. Okay, it's in in right navigation. Yeah, and yeah, in six to five. Yep. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, it's always the in in six to five or the acceleration control ac something like 605 um i was just kind of curious which one yeah and then 605 is is uh ship velocity and then you end up using in and then there's a turret like a there's a a turret range implant up there okay i think it's a seven or eight i can't remember yeah no eight eight would be your zor's custom eight would be your zor's um so it's a really versatile clone and it makes this it okay so just when you're talking about speed it's not the same not as good as mid-grade snake but it like enables pretty rad fitting mm-hmm. you solve some cap issues that a lot of ships have like you know when you're not fitting for a very cap intensive ship like not an active tank like say lsex lasb and you have a few mods that use cap you know having those genos makes your it gives you better cap as well it's not like you're cap boosting, but it really helps with the way the ship flies and feels. Because um, it's and, total capacity pool, which helps your region, and also yeah. capacitor region, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. So I remember I used it a lot when I was flying Cinnables a lot because yeah, the cap on Cinnables cap. was oh, rough. Terrible. Any most T1 cruisers, especially with an MWD, unless you you know really bring yeah. MWD, your your cap pool just gets goes to shit. But anyway, I, I don't know. I just want to talk about Genos a bit because I just want to mention them because I really like them because I have my Draugr as well. And the Draugr is a ship that the Genos really shines on because A, okay. the fitting, you can make use of the extra fitting. The cap, the, the cap on the active Draugr is pretty rough. Hmm. Um, and uh, and it, it, it makes it work, man. It is so fun. And that same Geno clone that I use for my Loki is, you know, works perfectly for my Draugr as well. Okay, I remember when retries were the rage. Um, a, a lot of people were using Genos with retries as well because it allowed you to run your rep a lot longer and stuff, and yeah, uh, it's kind of beneficial there as well. Yeah, for sure. It's it's pretty cool, man. I don't know, Geno clones, they're awesome. So I mentioned my uh, drawer. Yeah, Sorry I'm curious. How much is your Geno clone? It's right around a bill, probably, right? Yeah, it's right around a bill. Okay, yeah. which a mid grade snake set is like one point eight, I wanna say. Um No no. Mid grade really? snakes, they're around the same dude. Yeah, yeah. Really? They're right around yeah. a bill? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Eight hundred to a bill. Huh. Okay. Not I'll, too bad. 
yeah. I'll, uh, I might I might bring my Genos down and start using them a little more. Could Try be that a good trade-off. Yeah, I actually, you know like I don't think I have my Snake Clone in Venal because we're yeeting so much that I just <laughs> I felt like eh, it's going to die. And yeah. part of me, I'm not too worked up about. It's the the effort of like getting back to Jita, buying um, replacing um, moving them back down. That I kind of that's the part that annoys me more than the money part. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a bunch on contracts right now. Just that. Oh, oh, hey, oh, yeah, right, right in Venal. So check that out. Okay. But anyway, the Draugr, um, I flew it uh, quite a bit this uh, last since last recording too. One really cool uh, moment with it was uh, so we so I was flying a cheap carries and in PF TAC, uh, we ran into Flaming Dragons, the C2 Null Small Gang Corp. And it was pretty oh, funny because yeah. they like recognized me in local because those bunch dudes, dudes are awesome. They're all in the Discord. I've flown with a few of them too. But as soon as they landed, they just fucking beelined it for me. Like, <laughs> me. they just so got, all in so, you. <laughs> so I got forced off, and I was like, okay, no problem. So I'm like, I'm gonna come back. I'm repping up my damage, and I just like warped back on grid, like while my AR was on reload, being like, oh, whatever, it'll be fine. Like, I'll be fine for 30 seconds. The second I landed, they all just turned on me again. Like, I warped a range back to someone. So I ended up dying, but we traded, like, my cheap 60 mil carries for their, like, uh, blingy jackdaw, like a a damp daw. So that was good trade, good trade. But anyway, after that, we decided to form up together and go roam Venal because there was some opportunities present that were, uh, you know, much bigger than we could take on our own. So there was was probably more than 10, dead honest. But, you know, we flew like a small gang. So me and Adam, I was minboxing my Draugr, and he had a Bifrost backpack. And we were up in like N5Y, like in the fraternity mission running pocket area. And uh, and man, they were like, we fought them off. We tackled Gila's and like killed responses. And then they like, we pushed them onto the station and they had carriers out. And we, uh, Adam and I were doing like spearfishing with, with my main box blingy Draugr, right? Which is kind of sketchy because we're, we're landing on uh, like, you know, battleships and battle cruisers that were eating or jumping off. But, um, you know, I'm in a blingy Draugr, so I'm kind of worried that, you know, they might. That's the thing about lock times, right? We mentioned that with battleships earlier. I, I guess it really was fine. Like, I have enough time to, uh, to get out before they can get locked. But, Anyway, we got we did had some pretty successful spearship fishing runs. We killed a bunch of fighters, killed a bunch of stuff, and I really like the way the Draugr flies. It, it's like a pretty manly boat. You have to be pretty close because you don't have like the range of a Kiki. It flies a lot like a Retribution with X-ray loaded. Is a good yeah. Way it's to like twenty six, right? Is the range on it? Yeah, yeah, twenty six, twenty eight, depending on your like kind of okay. implants and or drugs, you know. But um. But yeah, I really liked it. It was good. It's really aggressive. You fly it really aggro. You get two links, which obviously are two skirm links. Um, so you, yeah, I don't know. I just really liked it. It was it was a lot of fun, man. Yeah. Now, so I was watching a video on my phone at work, and I I remember watching it and thinking it was AP flying, but it wasn't. It was someone flying with AP. It was Project One Three Three Seven, and he was flying a Draugr, and it like. Uh, I remember I was watching. And I'm like, man, that is such a, like a you. You've got 
about a six kilometer range, you've got to thread the needle and and stay in that like 22 to 26 range, you know, pretty consistently because you get in too close and, and you're going to have trouble. Um, but it, it is really cool. If I remember correctly, he had an abyssal scram. It was like an abyssal, probably like a Republic fleet scram. And with the Draugr's links, he was able to scram at like 21 or something like oh, that. Yeah. That's sick. And it was like 21, 22. It was really far. And so he was actually using it as a defensive scram against scepters when they were coming in and they were putting damage on and they were communicating really well. But then he would also, there was a point where he went in and he scrammed a cruiser, like right at that edge of range, really, really, you know, on the edge there, but then held it just like a long point. It was, and you know, obviously that ship couldn't move. So it was really interesting and cool. Um, I'll find the video and link it, but uh, it was, it was one of those displays. It was, I think it was literally, I think it was project one, three, three, seven, and it was just him and AP. And I think AP was, in a retribution or a care uh wolf or or something similar to that um so it's really interesting to watch and uh yeah that that ship is powerful when done it's it's i think of it a lot like a imperial navy slicer right powerful when flown really well but it is hard to fly really well <laughs> and and a yeah. very little mess up and you are done you know I think retributions have a lot more forgiveness than both of those kinds of ships, either the slicer or the uh, or the the dragger. Um, you know, Kiki's obviously have way more range, so oh, yeah. um, that drag is pretty. So it's funny. Near the end of this roam, there was a Kiki in the from Flaming, and uh, we were killing off these MTUs before we left. And I was like, okay, ready? Let's like ram this MTU with me. Let's have a fucking DPS drag race, Kiki versus Draugr. So <laughs> no, no, dude. So I did thirteen thousand three hundred damage, and I was like fucking heating. Like I, tr- I full tryharded this uh this drag race, and the Kiki had almost twenty one thousand in the in the. So like it's just it's stupid how much more damage. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, so I don't know, man. Like uh, I've been I've been looking at lots of different fits, different stuff that's not meta that I think could slot in to current stuff that we'd see eating and roaming. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I might roll some, uh, I might be rolling out some Artie's peoples soon. Ooh. Yeah. That like, fun. Yeah. The price on get... T3Ds is so low and, and stuff. People don't really think they're that scary anymore. Like, yeah, I think anybody would engage Sviples. Yeah, 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 for sure. So I don't know. We'll see if I do it, and I'll talk about fits after. Okay. Yeah, I actually have. You also get probes, which is nice. You get the expanded probes. So like, I think it's a really strong duo ship. Um, not a gang ship. I was talking about Wild the other day. See, like how it's a ship that, like, as you scale up into like four or five people, you probably wouldn't want to bring one because, like, they they don't really do a ton at that point. But when it's like one or two, like, why would you not go and fight a sweeple? It's not, right. you know, and you have that, those probe launchers so you can like ping grid really, really well, which is, you know, like you warp to a ping and then you can warp back down 
on whatever you want. So like the second something's kind of isolated, you just warp to a ping like 200 above or whatever, and then warp back down to that thing like at 20 or whatever you want, right? So yeah. you can you, there's lots of room for plays. So on my short list behind that Stratios that I mentioned at the top of the show, where uh, as far as like kind of solo yeeting and, and nomad kind of s- stuff, on my short list was obviously an Astero as well, because cloaky stuff. Um, but then Tenement's Fipple and Tenement Jackdaw. And the, the reason okay, kind okay. of around that was because they have such massive cargo holds that you can have a pretty long-term roam, even with a cap booster type setup. And uh, I thought those might be really interesting um, and, and pretty survivable and stuff. Yeah, that's fair. I I'm doing. I got something set up with Omnaria that is. Uh, I'm not going to talk about it right now. <laughs> but after we do it a little bit, it's it's going to be super cool. We're going to abuse okay. some abuse some mechanics uh, and do some pretty silly things. Um, so we'll see we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Probably going to die in a fire, but uh, might make a good story. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, but uh, this has been a super chill episode, man. I really enjoyed like just kicking back and chatting spaceships, just us two, yeah. kind of fitting for the twentieth. Yeah, but um, and, I don't okay. know. Like, you want to just move into shoutouts or what? Yeah, I actually have been so I I've been sick the last week, uh, but I'm you know luckily no coronavirus. <laughs> um, but uh, you know I, I'm kind of recovering, but I've been watching a lot of eve content too and um i was really surprised that i think not only just um so i'm gonna shout out nika noiser his he released some at footage from last alliance tournament which is almost two years ago now and it really ties in perfect timing with our you know our discussion on at last episode but he is the I I would say the best Logi pilot, um, and he released AT footage, which I was very surprised. I think Vidra reloaded, and also Hydra, those guys keep things really close to the vest, um, traditionally. But he so he released uh, multiple uh, instances or videos of their Alliance tournament combat. Um, and, and him flying Lodgy, and it's just, he, he's very, very good, but also it's just a totally different style and perspective of flying Lodgy. Um, like we, we think of Lodgy around flying in small gang, you know, you're kind of positioning on the outside of, of your, your fleet mates in a group, you know, you're positioning with the group of other logistics in alliance tournament there's so much focus on you are going to do your best to survive and oftentimes the logistics pilot will actually call out where he wants your like where you want your team's tackle pilots to be positioning so that they can screen for you or keep you from getting caught meanwhile like you're transitioning around the group to help keep them alive and then in certain setups, you you may actually go in and and land on grid and know, like you will die that match, 
but your goal is to sustain as much damage as possible or live as long as possible before dying in order to give your team an advantage. So it's just this like totally different perspective around flying Logi. And I don't I don't speak Russian, so unfortunately I don't know all of what is being discussed by their team in the actual dynamic of the fight. But if you just watch how he's flying and 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 how he's um managing modules and and repping the different targets and like rewatching it i think it's just so incredibly in depth so it's and it's just i've i don't think i've seen much alliance tournament footage at that level being shared openly on the public so that's like super super cool um and yeah uh i think he has like three or four different tapes of of their alliance tournament matches and you know um you could probably like reference that to the matches on the twitch stream and and see it from the outside perspective of what was going on and kind of figure out where they were in the fight if they were winning really well or if they just if they were down or whatever and uh, yeah it's really really cool nice man yeah uh, i'm gonna shout out a, a video that ap put out uh, the sentinel commentary vid another another commentary vid really really good so check it out and we're also going to link a uh, lucy lou to small gang with ccp alpha video that the blood put up i haven't watched this yet so i'll watch it after the show but yeah i haven't watched it either actually i saw it pop up on my phone and i'm always a fan of lucy lou so like i knew it was good i know lucy lou's in a macarial and so i'm kind of curious like you know uh what I don't actually really know CCP Alpha. I'm a, I haven't seen him in the community in the discussion much, but I would assume he's Russian speaking and maybe, you know, that that so he's, you know, um fun with Lucy Liu as a prominent Russian streamer and content creator and uh it, I mean from the stuff that I I briefly saw, it looks like they got in a a, a pretty decent fight with their small group versus a much larger group. So kind of curious and it'd be kind of a a good watch. So, yeah. Yeah. For sure, man. Uh, So yeah, check those out guys. Uh, Join the discord. Uh, Check out the Patreon if you wish. Uh, Those dudes are all here. We only show them out once a month. So next episode, you'll, you'll hear about our Patreon list again. Um, yeah, so thanks to all those guys, and thanks for listening, guys. Remember, it's not the size of your gang. It's about how you use it.